you've really got to find it within yourself to inspire yourself because it's such a unique thing. I just got clear just what from what you're saying, just got clear that about what I want to pick your brains about for this interview, okay. for this podcast. All right. Okay. I think a lot of people have seen book distributors on the street and had a, a, a maybe mixed experiences. Some have had both good and bad experiences. Some have just had good. Some have just had bad. Um, maybe some really bad, you know, and maybe some in between. Um, but I think probably all of them maybe don't understand the activity very well. Um, but you've, you're, you're, you're an interesting case because you're, you've been doing, you've, you used to do it full time. Yeah. And now I think your st your heart's still there. Oh, absolutely, it is. <laughs> it's so just the body's not as willing. <laughs> right. So let's let's just jam about that for half an All hour. Right. Like okay. Sure. All right. So I've pressed record, so I'm gonna I'll make the official introduction. All right. Okay. So welcome to the Soul on Fire podcast, where I interview super cool people with super cool stories <laughs> in the fields of um, art wellness and spiritual science. Today I'm joined with Druva, who I've known for 12 years now. You're one of the kind of, you were there right from the start. Um, I remember, I think it was uh, West End Govinders in Brisbane. Oh, really? Wow. Either there or, or even maybe Sunshine Coast. I think it was, uh, I think I met you on the Sunshine Coast actually. Oh. I can't remember where, and that's what I was going to ask you today, oh. because uh, I used to go to the Sunshine Coast a lot, right. and I went, I even have a funny feeling it was in Nambour. Really? Uh, I could be wrong, but do you have any recollection? Because we used to go there, and oftentimes, you know, I would go there by myself, and I'd go shop to shop. Or it was somewhere, anywhere, I think. Somewhere on the Sunshine Coast, I think. Or, yeah. But I do, I do remember having met you on the Sunshine Coast. I have that kind of vague recollection. Okay. You don't remember? Um, I've, I've, I feel like that's something that would be too special to forget if I met you on the Sunshine Coast. Because um, I would have been really, like, 16. Um, yeah, you were really young. I remember that. <laughs> you were really young. I do remember seeing you on a Harinam. Um, for those listeners who aren't familiar, that's the chanting party. Yeah, yeah. And you used to come to Brisbane, right? Like, yeah, that's where I saw you on a Harinam. And I remember actually you like gave me a pamphlet or uh, and invited me to come along. And uh, I was I was too cool at that point. <laughs> but um the reason I I wanted to have you on this or interview is because I I see you as someone who really embodies a a gentle mood towards sankirtan. Sankirtan being the the sharing of 
Krishna consciousness mm. um, with those who don't already know about it. Um, and so I was thinking, you know, so many people who, who I know actually they don't, they have a, they had a sour experience with the devotees of Krishna and I'm the only person like they've, I'm not saying this to tout my own, you know, toot my own horn or anything, but I've heard people say, you know, I only like you. <laughs> like I'm not really interested in your community. I just like you. And it's, it's probably because I have my feet in both. Yeah. I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a devotee, but I'm also in, I've got my feet in other worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's important actually. You know, I can just share something very briefly that would inspire me um, daily in going out and meeting people. And that was uh, firstly, you know, I have a mentor and I could not, you know, go and meet people and, you know, try to encourage them and present them with, with, you know, topics and thoughts that, you know, were way beyond their, you know, normal daily realm of thinking. If I didn't have somebody who acted as a support and who acted as a guide and who acted as a friend, and, you know, the nature of spiritual advancement is that you always have a mentor. You always have somebody who shows you the path. It's just like, you know, when you go to university or when you go to school, we've all had teachers. You know, we've all, we've all been to school. We've all had to sit and learn from our teachers. And, you know, if you, if you choose to go to university or if you choose to take some, some higher kind of education, you, you have uh, lecturers and you sit in the class and you listen to the lecturer and the lecturer presents the presentation so that you can learn the topic. So similarly, you know, this whole topic of presenting spiritual life in, you know, today's society, which is... Uh, far from any kind of spiritual reality you know externally it just if you look around in society and you know going to school and all the above right from school age nowadays you're just given the whole experience of you know increasing your material understanding of life you know how to get a job how to how to um, be expert in this field you know how to all the above. Right. Yeah, mundane stuff. Yeah, so, you know, I had a mentor. I have a mentor. And the value of having a mentor is that they share with you their experience. So my mentor is my, my spiritual master or, or my guru. And he is in the Hare Krishna movement. He's a long-standing uh, personality who's spent many years meeting people and distributing books of spiritual knowledge. So. I guess, you know, if you want to become good at something or if you want to find out how to do something well so that it doesn't um, impact on you or disturb others, then it just makes common sense to try and find out from somebody who's already done it and try and take their guidance and, and learn from them. So I had the good fortune of having years of, 
of his association so that, you know, when I went out and met and met people, I could get um, an understanding of, of, you know, what worked for him and how he was able to uh, encourage people to, you know, look at the books and consider, you know, the different topics that were being presented. So that's, you know, my realization is that, you know, having a, a mentor is like really valuable because in that way you learn from their experience and you don't have mm. to, uh, you know, like reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You don't have to like make it hard for yourself. And, um, if you're just trying to do something by yourself, it's really hard because you have to make all those, all those mistakes and, and all the above. So yeah, definitely having the mentor for me was the thing that helped me made it a lot easier for me to go out and meet people and, and present, present, uh, these kind of like, out of the box kind of topics, yeah. <laughs> which is exactly what they were. It was exactly what they are. They are the super out of the box. What would you say are like the three things that you learnt? What not to do, or what to, you know, most important things to consider while sharing this out of the box stuff, right, with people who are really in boxes. <laughs> well firstly you have to think about yourself that you know when I was growing up I had always thoughts in my mind about you know life and I was like the youngest of four boys but all my brothers were like much older than me so I was like the baby of the family and pretty much I was like an only child so yeah. The time when I grew up, just in southeast Queensland, I was in Toowoomba, and it was a very Christian kind of town, meaning that there were churches everywhere. And my mother used to send us to Sunday school every Sunday. So I had that kind of upbringing. And I actually didn't mind it. It was uh, my mother was a very you know gentle and compassionate and sensitive kind of person so naturally i think you you gain those qualities from your parents and you know going to sunday school every sunday it was very interesting but there was always like a million questions and you know as an eight or nine or ten year old in those days you weren't really encouraged to ask questions you were right. just you just like sat and took it all in and you were just there to you know like believe in it all basically right so that was okay but you know i had lots of time to contemplate things and always felt that uh i would have to you know look beyond my sunday school to find the answers that i was looking for right. so that kind of led me to want to just search and search and search and eventually over time you know i did come in contact with others who i considered you know were like like-minded and uh were able to you know help me find find answers to questions that i had and i think that the thing that really inspired me was was the friendships that mm. i developed and just right. like you were saying you know 
you've made friends and people like you. So my spiritual master, he said to me, you know, when you're going out and you're meeting people, he said, just, um, just try and make friends with them. And, you know, I realized myself that, you know, in the day-to-day working life, it's, it's always like a, a real hustle and you've got to get yourself together and go to work and you've got to deal with, you know, the realities of your job and all the above, uh, the realities of, of life. And it's not like anybody is often really on, on your page, you know, they're often like they're doing their thing, you're doing your thing. And, you know, society's very much like that. Everybody's like rushing around a hundred miles an hour, just trying to fulfill their different desires and fulfill their different obligations. So when you're young, you don't, you do have some, you do have some like fair weather friends, I think, you know, sure. people just like hang out with you and, when everything's good, it's all good. But friends who like understand or appreciate you for something a little deeper, that's a little harder to find. So, you know, really when you become like a a spiritual practitioner, you, you present yourself as having something that everybody wants and something that's really valuable and the best way to present that is as a friend. And that's what um, we all want. We all want to have recognition. We all want to have uh, encouragement. We all want to have uh, compassion. We all want to feel like we're, we're heard, we're respected. Uh, we all want to feel like you know, we're a part of, of a, a relationship. We all want to feel like we're... Uh, respected for the person that we are and we're all unique individuals. So I think the first thing is definitely creating a friendship. Um, my spiritual master told me, he said, you know, when you distribute books, he said, don't try to become too much uh, into discussing philosophy, you know, right there on the spot. Uh, just try to make friends with people. And, you know, it's not hard really if you if you feel good within yourself then it's easy for you to give of yourself and that's that's the bottom point that's the bottom Mm -hmm. line if if you feel good within yourself then you can go out and you can encourage other people and Mm. you know reach out so to speak just as when i first started you know exploring my my spiritual desires i came in contact uh with another devotee and i just thought he's the friendliest, nicest person I've ever mm, met. Right. Because he was gentle, he was compassionate, uh, he was intelligent. And I thought, they're all the things that I want to be. <laughs> I want to be all those things too, you know. So I want to hang out with that person because that person has all the qualities that I want. So, yeah, I def- definitely the first thing I think was friendship. Mm. Um, was one of the things that you know well, I that's realized what really drew me goes a long way it really it, yeah that that's probably the thing that stood out for me about you is that you were just friendly yeah that's I mean you know life's life's got its um challenges <laughs> and 
if somebody can like reach out and just like say, well, how are you going? You know, what's happening? You know, what are you up to? Just like develop a relationship mm. and, and actually you can sense when somebody genuinely cares about you, you know, as a person, you can sense when they're being actually genuine with you and they actually want your, your well-being. And if you're not sure, the more you get to know somebody, then the more you know, oh, okay, you know, they are actually genuine. Right. You know, they're not, they're not just being superficial. They're not after anything. Um, and I think, you know, that's the, the valuable thing I found in, in development of spiritual life is that you do develop these qualities of, of all goodness, mm. that you actually do care for other people. Right. And you actually do care for yourself. Mm. You, learn, you learn the art of being able to care for yourself, firstly, by learning it from other people. And then you learn the art of how to share that with other people. Mm. And, and the more you share that, the more it increases within you. So it's just that kind of situation that people sense. Mm. They sense that that's going on for you. And I don't know what it is, but it's really good. And I want to get some of that as well. But you do have to like make friends, you know, in order to show people that you've got something that, that's worthwhile and that, you know, that's the way to, that's a, a good way to share it. Um, some people also, I found, were philosophically motivated. So there were times when there were some philosophical discussions briefly. Right because there are people out there when you present the opportunity of having a discussion like that, that yeah. uh, people open up and they realize, Oh, here's somebody else that I can discuss this topic with. Mm. Um, because it's not an everyday kind of topic that you're right. just talking about your workmates talking to your workmates about, you know, mm. you're not just like, okay, <laughs> we're just gonna, not everybody can res can offer the respect that is needed when you, when you, like delving deeply into things about yourself, which are really important. And I think, you know, as a, as a spiritual practitioner, you should come to understand that you have something really valuable and very, very, um, very, very valuable. And it's very sacred. So when you're presenting, when you're presenting it or when you're discussing it, it needs to be, there needs to be that mood because, uh, it's it's a very personal thing for people. Mm. You know, their spiritual aspirations, their thoughts, their realizations, their um, desires—they can't always. People can't always express to other people those things because you know the nature of today. Everybody is so quarrelsome mm. and and so proud of everything. You know, proud of their opinion, proud of their uh, their heritage, proud of their new Apple Watch. You know, <laughs> proud of all these things. And you know, you bring up something very sacred. You've got to do it in the right kind of environment, because yeah. otherwise, otherwise, you know, you just you're just ending up in arguments all the time. So yeah, that was another thing, the philosophical right. discussions. Um, there are two things I can think of right now. Yeah, sure. Nice. 
and definitely, you know, being empathetic. If you're going to go and present something to someone, you've got to think, well, many times a lot of my book distribution was happened, you know, on city streets or streets of country towns or at marketplaces or, or uh, places where people were just doing their thing. I'd say the majority of, of the times that I distributed books was actually on city streets and, you know, in regional cities around Australia. And of course, you know, people are just like, they're on their lunch break or they're just, or they're working or they're just ambling along or they're doing something. If you're out and about in the city, you're actually doing something. So you have to be empathetic. You have to realize somebody's on their lunch break. Yeah. You know, don't get in their face and like harass them. Yeah. <laughs> because they're at work. They're just yeah. trying to eat something. Yeah. They're trying to like go somewhere or they're, they've got a thousand things on their mind. Yeah. So your presentation's got to be really like concise. Yeah. Really considerate. Like yeah. super considerate. Like yeah. you just can't upset somebody. Yeah. Um, because they're already upset. <laughs> <laughs> they're already upset. They're like got a million things on their mind. Right. They're already upset. So you have to, everybody kind of has a veil of keeping togetherness. Right. It goes on, but you know, really, if you get in somebody's face, then that veil just drops really quick. Yeah. You, know, you have to be very respectful. You have to be humble. But at the same time, you have to be a little bit assertive. Um, and you have, to be, you have to be friendly and concise and keep it, you know, very kind of very cordial. Mm. And that doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> you know... But if you have if you have good mentors and you have good association, if you're going to go and distribute distribute literature, you definitely need some training and you definitely need to hang out with somebody who's got a little bit of experience and you know try to be a little try to be a little friendly and it definitely yeah it definitely helps to have mentors. But I go back mm. to that one point because I wouldn't have been able to and I still can't present things to people without having some prior training. Mm. Um, I think in the Hare Krishna movement, it's great. We, you know, the, the distribution of books is a really valuable thing. Uh, but really what's really important is that you have to be a kind of person that's a bit user friendly mm. and, and know how to interact with people. Mm. You're not sure. And if you find, you know, people are really disturbed by you, then you have to learn how to be a bit more user-friendly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for me, I was a little older when I started distributing books. I was about 30 years old. Wow. So I had a bit of, um, I'd worked for 11 years and I had a little bit of life experience so I could kind of put myself in other people's shoes. Mm. When you're a bit younger, maybe it's a little harder to do that and people could get a bit upset perhaps it's true actually the <laughs> um science can even um sort of back that up <laughs> as well because the prefrontal cortex 
hasn't fully developed until you're 24. And that's the part that controls or gives you sort of insight into um, social cues and, you know, what's appropriate, what's not consequence, subtlety, all of that. So, you know, as an 18 year old, when I was distributing books on the street, um, I was, I, I, I cringe to think about <laughs> some of the exchanges that I oh, had. I know. I mean, like, I don't think I could have done it when I was 18. Knowing <laughs> the person that I was, I mean, I mean, we know, we know as, as devotees that it's a transcendental kind of activity and, um, and any endeavor in, in doing that is glorious. But yeah, it, it does help to have a little bit of, to be a bit streetwise, I think. Yeah. And to have a bit of life experience because uh, if, if, you, if you really intend, you develop that pretty quickly though, you can tell. If, if, really, if you're really kind of onto it, you can tell, you know, how people are reacting to you. Mm, and, yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, it would be good if you got a bit of training. <laughs> right. Because uh, I think, you know, if you go out, with somebody who's who's done a little bit more then they can give you some guidance and i often um at the time when i started distributing books it wasn't very popular (laughs) in the in the uh in the brisbane area most of the other devotees who i lived with in the temple were doing other activities uh, mostly fundraising and i did that initially for about a year and it was all good, but I kept, you know, hearing my, my spiritual master talking in classes about the importance of sharing knowledge in society. And I guess, you know, having had a bit of interaction in society, I really picked up on that. And as I was studying and reading um, Prabhupada's books, the theme was always there that, you know, people are in need of uh, wisdom. Mm. And I just, it just kept resonating inside me. And I thought, I really want to do this activity. So it wasn't very popular because, you know, we needed to raise funds to run the, the community that we had. And everybody was really doubtful. Oh, you can't, you know, if you go and distribute books, it's hardly going to bring in any money. But somehow or other, uh, I just, I started doing it and um at a time even years down the track when a lot of the other boys that were fundraising many kind of like uh got married or moved into different situations and at one stage i remember i think i was the only person in the temple who was going out and interacting with people and there wasn't a lot of money coming in and at one stage when that when there was no money coming in, um, there was a person who'd I'd, who I'd met and distributed a book to who had contacted the temple. He contacted the temple and he asked, you know, can I start making some donations? Is that okay? Wow. And, like, seriously, that person, over a period of about a couple of weeks, he donated, like, a couple of thousand dollars. And... It was just like, just at a time when we actually had no money coming in. Right. And he, he eventually went on to become 
a, a devotee and got initiated and all the above. But um, it wasn't very popular. There wasn't a lot of faith in in the the process of, of book distribution. So a lot of the time I used to go out by myself. But on the odd occasion that I had other other you know guys accompanying me, we'd always like hang out together and we'd talk about you know how it was all going and and how we were like interacting with people. So mm. yeah it is really important to have to have a bit of mentorship. I think that's that really makes it easier. You were in Melbourne, right? Is that right? I've I've been all over the place. <laughs> I started Sunshine Coast, went to Brisbane, went to Sydney to join the Brahmacharis from Auckland, who were there just for a time. Yeah. At the end of that time, went back to Auckland with them. Um, went to Hamilton, helped with the book distribution there. Uh, and then... Um, my teacher, David Swami said, you'd be better suited in Melbourne because there'll be more creative services. Yeah, Melbourne, was, Melbourne was actually my favourite place to distribute books. Melbourne and Canberra actually were the oh, two places that I really yeah. loved distributing books. The weather there was shocking in Melbourne, but the people were just so um, thoughtful. You know, I always found people really, like, interesting to talk to, you know, very briefly. They were they could kind of contemplate different topics, you know, really easily. Right. It seems to be a bit of a, like a, a social scene in Melbourne. Right. That people like talk about stuff, huh. you know, whereas in Queensland, you know, where I, where I grew up and where I mostly distributed books, people were just like real, like, uh, <laughs> really yeah. And, yeah, it's a nice day, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. A little bit superficial. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, it's all really good. And, yeah. You know, wasn't, the lights are on, but there wasn't much going on. You right. Know? It was a bit like that. Whereas oh. when I go further south where it wasn't such a nice environment, right? people were a lot more, like, um, easy mm. to approach and interested. Right. You know? Whereas where the sun's shining all nice and bright every day yeah. and it's all really cruisy and... Yeah. It was kind of just like another kind of sensual experience, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. That's good insight. I really, love, I really love Melbourne and Canberra. They're great places to distribute books. That's awesome. Yeah. Melbourne and Canberra. I've distributed books in both places and I, I think I can relate to what you're saying. Um, I was thinking for the next maybe 10 minutes, let's do a quick fire round, which is, do you know what that is? I thought I saw one you did with Joe Jagadas Prabhu. <laughs> but this one, I'm going to, for this one, I'm going to just wing it and, and try to do a book distribution related one. All right. All right. Okay. So what was the most fire out experience that you ever had on book distribution? Uh, this one comes to mind straight away. I remember I was in Albert Street in Brisbane City. And it was a Friday and I was like, everybody I tried to stop was just like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I just kept like walking by a hundred miles an hour. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, I was like, all right, it would be really good if I could you know, distribute some books here. Uh, be, and, okay. So 
sold a few small books and that was kind of encouraging and came kind of towards the end of the day it was a bit of a gloomy old day it wasn't that exciting it was a bit cold and you know inclement and I was like oh I think I'll just call it a day and then I thought oh I'll just stay you know five more minutes you know maybe somebody all I'd sold was maybe about half a dozen little little small books and people were giving like two dollars or something like that it was really it was good but it wasn't very encouraging you know and I was thinking oh, I'd really love to be able to sell some big books and you know just feel really like good about it anyway so I thought I'll stay another five minutes and then a guy who I'd met at the Sunday feast he came down the street and he he said oh how are you going I said I'm really good I'm just out here you know trying to distribute books and he said I said to him what are you doing he said oh look I just got a brand new credit card Mm. (laughs) (laughs) that's really unusual I said oh that's really cool and um I remember at the Sunday feast he had a couple of books and I I said to him you know really you should go on and read now you've read some of some of these other books you should go on and read the Srimad Bhagavatam and it's like a PhD you know of of the other books that you've been reading and um I said you know I've got a set just just nearby why don't we we go and um have a look and he said yeah okay so I thought yeah he's got a new credit card (laughs) (laughs) let's go let's go and get a set of Shrimo Bhagavatam and so we went up to the restaurant and it was just around the corner and they were there on display and I showed him the books and you know what he just said yeah I want to get those books Mm. and so I said okay and so we drove back to the temple this was just like totally on the spur of the moment we drove back to the temple and i got the books i had a set there in the temple he bought the books right on the spot and then i went to his house this all happened over a period of about an hour and a half i went to his house and i put the books in his house and he had the whole set 18 volumes of the srimad bhagavatam right there in his house and it was like the best day ever because mm. all day I'd been just selling all these little books and nothing had really happened. And then all of a sudden he came along and he just bought, bought all those books. So I was, I was really stoked. It really made my day, put it that way. That is so yeah, that's one really awesome. good experience I can remember. No, nice. Um, what would you say to a Christian who said, you're going to hell? <laughs> i'm going to hell well that has happened to me several times that you know i often met some really fired up christians you know and actually what um what i read in srimad bhagavatam was srila Prabhupada. he uh said that sometimes you will meet people of different faiths and rather to try and argue or to, you know, to kind of um, just try and, you know, get on top of them with your philosophy. He said in one purport, and I'd, 
I can't remember actually where this is. I've been trying to find it for years and years and years, but it was so, so pertinent because he said that if one meets people of different faiths and he did actually say Christian people and one just tries to make friends uh, without, you know, getting involved in a, in a, in a false ego kind of argument that, you know, Jesus said that or someone said this or, you know, just trying to like prove the other one, prove that your philosophy is better than, than theirs. Then he, he said, you know, just try to make friends and create a favorable impression because in that way, um, in another life, you know, that person, if they're following their scripture nicely, then they may become Krishna conscious in, a, in if not in this life, in another life. So, I only ever had that kind of experience once or twice where I reacted and I actually, you know, got involved and I found it just totally fruitless because you just end up getting disturbed and they just end up getting disturbed. And meanwhile, you know, a hundred people are walking by who are probably more interested in what you've got to offer than what that, that person is. Mm. So, you know, I, I learned very quickly to just say, well, thank you very much. You know, that's a, that's an interesting, that's an interesting um, observation. And it's great that you're a really, observation. you're a really, um, no, seriously, this is what I would say. It's, I say, it's great that you're a really passionate Christian mm. and I really encourage you. And you know, in having done that several times, disarms the whole situation. You know, somebody just immediately feels like, oh, he's not trying to attack me. Mm. <clears throat> so immediately, you know, the best, the best defense in that situation, if somebody says you're going to hell, is that's wow, it's great you're such a, a, um, a passionate Christian and that you're really, you know, following. I really encourage you to follow your, your faith in, in the best way you can and, and leave it at that. Because, you know, you obviously struck a nerve and, you know, somebody is passionate. For them to say that, that's pretty, like, hardcore. Yeah. So, you know, you've struck a nerve. So don't get involved in a, you know, like a full-on confrontation. Just say, wow, real cool, you know. Right. Hallelujah, brother. Yeah. <laughs> that's and, cool. Um, just go for it, you know. It's really good what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> And um, see you later. <laughs> Pretty much, that's how that's how I dealt with that. Uh, very otherwise, you just end up having arguments with people. Yeah, no, that's good. Appreciate that. Um, okay, we're going to speed it up a little bit here. Um, what do you bring for lunch on Sankatan? What do I bring? Govinda's. Oh, nice. <laughs> My, most of the time, I used to just distribute down the road from the restaurant because. Right. A lot of times, and that's why I spent so much time in Brisbane City because it was such a favourable circumstance because um, oftentimes I'd go out by myself, which was a bit daunting. But if I knew the restaurant was just close by, you know, oftentimes I'd see devotees going to the restaurant or I'd, um, you know, be able to go to the restaurant. So, yeah, I'd go there for lunch. Or um, if we travelled elsewhere, generally I'd buy 
you know, go to the supermarket yeah. and uh, just get some fruits and stuff like that. Um, it was a long time ago, so I just can't remember what exactly was on the menu back in those days. But it was generally probably fruits. Yeah. I generally eat fruits during the middle of the day. Yeah. Uh, if I wasn't, you know, nearby a restaurant like that. Yeah. Favorite book to distribute? Uh, probably a Krishna book. Mm. Krishna book because it's got some really gruesome pictures in it. Like right. you show people the really like scary pictures. <laughs> <laughs> like which ones? Like, like, you know, pictures of like the Shringadai ripping out. Hiranyakashipu's gizzards and you know all the really good ones <laughs> because everybody likes gory things you know they like seeing people getting killed and stuff like that <laughs> you know um my spiritual master you know there's one picture in the Bhagavad Gita I'll show you it very quickly uh this picture here of like the yogi yeah. right can you see that? Yeah. Or oh, maybe not. Can you see the yogi there? Yeah. This one? Yeah. So my spiritual master, he would show people the book and he'd say, wow, he looks pretty hungry, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the yogi all emaciated and stuff like that. So I'd always go for the gory pictures because um, it's the last thing people are expecting. So Krishna book's good because it's got some gory pictures in it. That's cool. Yeah. Have you ever been robbed? Oh, was I ever robbed or attacked oh. on book distribution? Oh yeah, I've been a, I've been spat on. Really? Yeah, somebody spat on me in the street in Brisbane, and uh, one guy threatened me like I was um, in King George Square, and I was just uh, right opposite the police beat. There was a police beat across the road. Yeah. And um, this this guy came up to me and said have you got permission to be here? And he was like this far away from my face, you know, just mm. like right there. Mm. And he just came up to me and said, have you got permission to be here doing this? I was wearing devotional clothes. Oh. And um, I thought to myself, yes, actually I do have permission because we actually did have permission from the city council to distribute in certain areas some parts we weren't allowed to we weren't allowed to go into the mall you know where the, all the people were but we were allowed to distribute in certain areas so I said to him actually I do have permission and he was really threatening and really a bit violent and um, it was really disturbing and I thought to myself I'm either going to cave in or I'm going to deal with this and I just immediately thought to myself yes actually I do have permission and I said if you have some problem with it there's a police beat right across the road there. And you can just go right across there right now and ask them. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and he just backed down straight away. But I just thought I'd been having a bit of a difficult day and I'd been to a couple of places where, you know, it hadn't been that good. And I finally had found that place near King George Square and it was a really cool little vibe. And it was, you know, people were, were taking the books and it was going really well. And I thought, I'm not going to let this guy upset my day and just like, you know, move me along, which so often can be the case. Somebody sees what you're doing. They see you approaching people. 
they see you having a good time, they see you taking people's donations and they get really upset and they yeah. harass you. Yeah. So I thought, I'm not going to let this happen because I knew there was a police beat right across the road, like 50 metres away. And if something went south, I could just go across there. So, yeah, that was the, that was the one time I, was, I, I, really got, I really felt like threatened badly mm. like that. But, yeah, it Krishna saved me. <laughs> nice um ever oh biggest day um in terms of maybe how many books you're able to distribute um we used to travel a lot and we traveled a lot in north queensland and we came across um a festival in Townsville called the Cultural Festival, which was organized by the local people in the community who'd come from other countries. And they had what uh, a place called the Migrant, Migrant Resource Center. So they put on this huge festival every year in Townsville, which was an opportunity for people from the local area to come and like experience all these different cultures. So we used to have a, uh, a tent where we distributed prashadam. We had a, you know, like rice, dal, vegetables, koftas, chutney, halava, you know, drinks. And you, you pay $10 or something and you got like all this great food. And then I had another separate store, which was a bookstore. And I had this really great like um, setup. You know, it was like decorated with really colorful, cosmic kind of um, stuff from India and it just looked really inviting. And I had all the books set up on tables which had really nice tablecloths and they were displayed like, you know, you if you went into a shop, you would see all the books on display and they all had prices on them and everything was really like, it was like a real retail dream, you know. So people just kept buying the books. It was really great. <laughs> Um, they came and and we we'd done some programs in Townsville over the years and we knew a lot of people and so we had lots of really good cookbooks. We had lots of philosophy books and I think one day I sold about $1,200 worth of books, which in, you know, 1998 was a lot of books. Wow. So I was really like stoked and it was That's like a, amazing. Yeah, it was like a three-day program. Um, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it went, you know, from 9am to 9pm every day. Yeah. So we were there. I was pretty much manning the bookstore by myself because the other guys were uh, doing the food distribution. Wow. So, yeah, I think that was $1,200 or $1,400. It was huge. And it was just so good because I had a real big stock of books and I really prepared for it. And it just all went like clockwork. You know, people just kept coming in and buying books and they were just so grateful to have um, access to something really kind of good and different. Mm. So yeah, it was a really good day. I also had things like incense and um, I sold incense and I sold CDs and other kinds of things. So it all kind of, 
complemented um, each other. Right? Yeah, it was all really a great cultural presentation. That, yeah, was, nice. that was the thing. Um, last, well, that that that'll be the last of our our quick <laughs> our slow quick fire round. That was really easy. <laughs> um, how can people get a book if they're so inspired? now like and which book would you recommend for the for someone who's never read any of the krishna books i really like uh, the science of self-realization it's um it's a really user-friendly book because it has about 20 different topics and it has they're all presented in different ways they're excerpts of lectures given by bhaktivedanta swami who translated all the books from, from Sanskrit to English. Um, their interviews that he gave with people over the many years that he traveled and taught around the world. And they're very topical. Uh, all of the different topics are, are very kind of easy to tap into. And um, they give you a really good introduction to the, the path of Bhakti Yoga. And it's, uh, it's very kind of a, a user-friendly kind of book. So Science of Self-Realization, is one of books that I really like distributing. Um, Bhagavad Gita, which is like the ABC of spiritual knowledge, is an amazing book. Uh, and it's a great way to um, open up a conversation with, with those who are practicing it. Because, you know, Bhagavad Gita, is, it's really a bit like an open secret. It's all the information's there, but you really need to kind of meet up with somebody who's practicing it so you can enter into it. It may feel a little bit uh, kind of foreign at first, but when you meet somebody who can explain it, then it, it really kind of works. So yeah, Bhagavad Gita, Science of Self-Realization, The Higher Taste is such a good book. Mm. I mean, it, it was written a million years ago, but it's been re-edited and you know some of the topics may be not so contemporary but it's just got so many really good facts and figures and you know diet is such an important part of our daily life you know in a world today where people's diets are far from good then reading the higher taste is such a valuable thing because we have an abundance of food in, in the countries we live in and but you know most people don't know how valuable food is to them and one they don't know how to cook it and two um, they don't know the effects of the food that they're eating how it affects you physically how it affects you mentally how it affects you spiritually so the but you know the higher taste i must have distributed tens of thousands of that book wow um, because it's it's just such a practical thing. Mm. Um, I definitely have to say Srimad Bhagavatam because it's um, when I read, when I started reading Srimad Bhagavatam, it answered some of the deepest questions I had about life. And it also healed some of the deepest wounds that I felt within myself, uh, which I had, you know, tried to reconcile for years and years and years through other means and through other methods. But when I read uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, the postgraduate study of the Bhagavad Gita, 
then you know mystically i came across wisdom that just pacified my heart and helped me to um, move on from things that were really troubling me in life and you know i think everybody has that everyone has a a part of themselves that you know a chapter in their book they don't like to read out loud or they don't like to share with other people because it's too troublesome but when i read srimad bhagavatam you know the nature of the way that bhaktivedanta swami presents the explanations of the verses it's just like you're sitting with your wisest ever most compassionate grandfather mm. who's just giving you all the love all the wisdom all the encouragement all the healing that you could possibly want so definitely i would recommend um shrimad bhagavatam because it's it's just such there's no literature like it anywhere in the universe it's just the best ever book to mm. read because it's so deep it's so deep and so approachable so yeah i just you know sometimes i think you have like that one problem within yourself and we all maybe i don't know if i'm the only one i'm sure i'm not but there might be that one little thing that nobody has ever been able to put their finger on for you to just kind of make it everything all right um yeah i was reading from my bhagavatam and one day i came across that one thing and it just i physically felt a knot unravel in in my heart i actually felt something that really troubled me for a long time just unravel and i felt like i just i resolved that problem so yeah wow. really, powerful i'm sure i'd be really interested to hear if other people have had that ex- any kind of experiences like that because hmm. i mean have you had experiences like that in reading are there things that have really like impacted on you obviously there must be some things right oh definitely yeah yeah over the years many many times i'll open it up and the thing that i'm the topic of what i i read is just exactly what i needed to hear at that time yeah. and it happens too often so often that i've actually become it's kind of normal now it used to be like wow this is incredible how did that yeah. you know it's basically like krishna's talking to me personally directly yeah. through these books you know the supreme personality of godhead you know who seems so far away all of a sudden is right in front of you talking to you saying the exact piece of advice that you you needed it's just amazing yeah i've never come across literatures like this mm. in all i mean i studied so many books prior to coming across the books of of uh, bhaktivedanta swami and i always got something from those other books but i was never satisfied there was always something that didn't quite gel or that i still had questions about you know in my path of spiritual learning and uh i always you know gained something from all the books i read but i never felt really like uh completely satisfied there were always you know questions but 
you know, his books and his translations and this, this knowledge of Bhakti Yoga, it's, it's the, the, it's the only literatures that I have found that I feel complete and satisfied with that because it's so complete, mm. you know, somebody will say, Oh, why do you just read those books? You know, there's so many other things. Well, I did read all those other things. I did study all those other things. And I know, you know, like there's examples given, nobody has to tell you when you've eaten enough, mm. you know, you know, when you're full, you don't want to eat anything more. Mm. So exactly when I, when I studied these books and I read them and started practicing, I knew this is actually what I've been looking for. This is actually what I've been looking for. It's not sectarian. It's not like one part of knowledge that is just, ex, you know, excludes everything else. You have to actually read, you have to actually study it to see that within these literatures, everything is contained. I mean, it's mind blowing. It is actually yeah. mind blowing to think that everything could be contained in one philosophy. Yeah. But people don't believe you. So I say, well, if you don't believe it, then just read it for yourself and mm. make your own, make your own, um, make your own, you know, come to your own conclusion. Yeah. Cause you know, don't believe me, just read it for yourself and then you can find out <clears throat> whether I'm actually telling the truth or just, you know, being a fanatic. <laughs> True. Um, that's about all the time we have today but it's been such a pleasure and i was thinking why don't we do something fun and for those who are listening in australia and are inspired to get a book yeah why don't you give a secret password right now that they can use to quote in an email to you <clears throat> sure right and and you can you can give you can send them that book yeah, well, or I have a got, discounted price or something like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. There is, um, I have got a little bookstore on um, a Facebook page I have called The Perfection of Yoga. Okay. Um, it's, it has some literatures available there. I haven't got Science of Self Realization there, but um, I can access it. So, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, so that can be the, well, no password required. Just go to Perfection of Yoga and, and just I'll write. No, I'll pretty much know that if anybody has like hooked up through this, through this um, discussion. That yeah. I'll well, they know. can say Soul on Fire. You know. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So, yeah, Soul on Fire podcast. Um, hook us up with one of those books. And seriously, if, if um, anybody does have any questions, just like, reach out and ask, you know, because um, always happy to like help out. And, and you're the most friendly person on this earth. <laughs> well, I don't think I am, but <laughs> I do know some other friendly people. <laughs> but I, I think I've probably got something from them. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Um, yeah, thanks so much for your time. And oh, I think you. you've probably really, um, you know, knocked down some of those walls that might have been there for, you know, at, at least those friends of mine who told me I only like you, <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, that's important. Yeah. It's really good, you know, I just make your friends and keep them close to you and, you know, look after them because that's what friends are for. Mm. You know, you have to have a friend to help you along the way. And, um, you know, this, this like Krishna society is just full of the whole world. So mm. you're not going to like, like everybody. Right. That's just a reality. You're not going to like everybody and you're not going to like get along with everybody. But what kind of like makes it doable is that you respect that those other people, they're also got the same values as you. Right. So even though you might not like their personalities or whatever, you know, there's some respect there. But you do need to like hang out with your friends, you know, because your friends are the ones who will help you like, you know, go that extra mile. And um, I think that's really important. And very, oftentimes, very you know, just quickly, you know, friends are just people that you've gotten to know. Mm. So if somebody you're not really sure of, if you just get to know them, you might find that actually, you know, you do have things in common and sure. uh, you might be surprised. And that's the good thing of hanging out with other people who have the same values as you is because you, you find out, you know, the more you hang out, the more you, you, uh, you get to know them and the more you can relate to them and appreciate them, you know, for who they are, even so though, true. you know, initially you may not have, you know, been able to. That's powerful. So it's yeah. so important to hang out and get to know each other because, yeah. um, yeah, you, you can be surprised. That's just so powerful and true. Okay. Well, I'm going to run off to school now. Um, yep. Thanks again for your time and your association and your example and your stories. Anytime. You're most welcome. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hare Krishna.